Welcome in to the Hoops for Thomas podcast. That was uh, Vinay Simlot on the pamphlet. <laughs> we got we got a balanced team of scorers here. We got Vinay, uh, Chase Howell, and Jake Shapiro all joining for the first ever Hoops Thomas Colorado. We're going to really uh, give Boom. Colorado some extra love this year, not just the Buffs, but also the Nuggets. Thank you all for being here with me on Zoom talking some hoops. Not only the first Colorado, yeah. but this is also the first time I've been on the show. I don't know about Vinay and Jake, but it's a little yeah, bit. It's my first time, too. Okay, it's Vinay's time, too. Okay. Jake, that I makes like, me feel I, a little bit better. This is hey, my Jake, third time um, on a show with Adam, so. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. How long have you had this show, Adam? Oh, geez. Uh, we started and just secretly now in May. Uh, well, you know, there there were invites. There were invites. I, I don't know about that. They must have gotten <laughs> lost somewhere. I never got that. a formal invite. Well, I, I, I know we don't trust USPS these days. So <laughs> probably just texting me it or something. Uh, hey, got- <laughs> can I just say one thing before we get started? Jake has been known around Colorado to say Colorado in a very Midwestern way. I, think, I don't think Adam's Colorado is as aggressive as Jake's. Even though the both Colorado Buffaloes. Hmm. The Colorado Buffaloes. That's not, that's not, that's that's not how, how Jake says it. Well, what's interesting. Anybody for three. God, <laughs> there it is. Colorado. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I lived in Chicago a lot. My sister lived in Colorado growing up, and I would always tease her the way she would say mountains because she would say mountains. But I guess that's how you say it out here. You don't it's pronounce Proper them. pronunciation. Yeah, it's mountains. All right. And uh, mountains. mountains. For any, anyone who's sign yes. <laughs> for all of you guys listening, I just want you to know that Chase's beard is coming in just beautifully. You're doing some beard it, oil. It's there? my C, it's my CU beard. I haven't shaved since uh, the start of the season, before the season. And when CU football just keeps winning, I'm not going to shave it. You look like Peja Stoyakovic. It's a good look. <laughs> I like that. I like that. See, only us would that be a compliment around anyone else. It's like Paige Stoyakovic, that chain-smoking freak that lived in Sacramento. For no, us, it's I like love it. this, the slickest shooter that's ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Chase, a great compliment. Chase, you said you once hit 21 straight threes. That's fact. Well, out on my driveway, but yes, that's fact. I'm a pure jump shooter. All right. We'll have to get Paige on the, on the show, see who wins in horse. Chase, have you ever heard my Shapiro is my hero story? I don't think so. All right, it's a great story. So it's middle school basketball, eighth grade. I'm the starting point guard for Casey Middle School. And uh, I've never heard my- a, uh, someone say, uh, this is a great story, and then go, it was middle school basketball, eighth grade. <laughs> hey, that's oh, when I peaked. It was, oh, it was awesome, man. That's when my so, basketball career peaked as well. Actually. We come out in the second half, me wearing number 13, curly hair flowing out of my headband, looking like Steve Nash in the number 13, pull up to the top of the arc, top of three. Bam, to start the second half. All right, I'm feeling it. I get a steal, run down the court, pull up Jay from the wing. Three, bam. We, we don't get a stop next time down. I just, I'm like feeling, I'm feeling it. Step over half court from like 30, pull up, three, bam. And all, like, there's like seven people watching this game and they're like, five of them are like, like cheerleaders that are like B team cheerleaders, not even the A team cheerleaders. <laughs> and they started this like really pathetic Shap- Shapiro is my hero. Shapiro <laughs> is my hero. And I'm like, all right, that's it. And then I tried to hit a three again and I shot it over the backboard. So 
<laughs> well, you always need a little That's heat. That's what happens. Well, what was your line about heat checks on, on our last pod? On our Buff Stampede podcast? Well, on our Buff Stampede, on the Buff Buff Stampede, Stampede podcast, basketball podcast, what? Uh, I was saying that, you know, you, you get into a rhythm because you're taking good shots. So the notion of a heat check is stupid because you're taking a bad shot and then you get out of rhythm. There's no point to a heat check. Just keep taking good shots and you'll stay hot. That's a good point. But what if you don't get any good shots anymore? When you're uh, hot, you're hot. Shoot you should yeah, talk to you see just got to shoot. You should, you should talk to see you small, starting small forward about that one. Mm. <laughs> one Maddox well, Daniels? Ho- hopefully former starting small forward, but I guess we'll get into that. Right oh, maybe we should get into that right now. I'll give you the floor, Chase. Well, I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun Schwartz is back. He did not start the other night against Tennessee. And, the COVID. Uh, Maddox Daniels has been starting at the three for CU, so – um, I would expect as Deshaun gets the rust off of him, gets a little bit more comfortable that he starts um, for the bus going forward. Yeah, that would probably be the move. Uh, let's let's get into CU. Then we're going to get into the Nuggets a little bit later on in the show. Uh, solid start so far. Kind of a tumultuous affair with all the postponed games and uh, the adversity there. But whoever wants to get the shooting started – uh, what are your early impressions on the buffs? Oh, we're all looking at each other. I guess that means I'll take it. Um, I, I have, I, I honestly don't know how I feel about the buffs so far. I think they have looked great take. very good at times. Um, but this past week, I was very disappointed in the offense. Obviously, um, it sputtered to get started. It didn't yeah. look good most of that game. Um, and I kind of thought that might be one of the strengths for this team. I thought they might rely a little bit more on their offense than defense. Um, but then I remember Tad Boyle coaches this team, and, and they're going to rely on their defense game in, game out. That's what it looks like because they did play good defense against Tennessee. But um, I, I'm just – Circle, circle, circle. I'm lukewarm with this team right now. Vinay, you go. I, I'm enjoying not having to, to host this. Yeah, Vinay, you were doing a, a, a signal with your yeah. finger. Yeah, I, I thought, thought Vinay was, was trying to get me off. About, I thought he was trying to get the ball. I thought he he, he was open in the corner. And I was point guard. No, man. I was just to feed him there. I was I was just over on the sidelines telling these guys what play to run and circle the the the, the play that the only offensive play that that Tad has drawn up um, consistently over his past ten years here at CU. Look, I I th- I think the same thing as Chase does. We don't know what this team looks like. I like the young guys. I like um, uh, Jabari Walker, yeah. Dominique Clifford. Um, I like um, uh, Jariah Horn. Um, I don't know what they're going to get out of the two bigs, Dallas Walton and Evan Batty. And I think those two have not learned to play together yet, and they need to. And then McKinley Wright, obviously, is McKinley Wright. Do they need McKin- to, or, or do, does Dad need to I think split them up and, and rotate them? In and out. Uh, one of those two. Maybe maybe make Dallas a three-point shooter. I don't know. I think those two are among CU's best five players. So in a perfect world, they'd both be on the floor together. I just don't know if it's feasible, especially the way Evan Batty's playing right now. But you talk about McKinley Wright. You say McKinley Wright, McKinley Wright. That doesn't do him justice anymore. We need to stop just going, oh, he's McKinley Wright. He's going to do whatever he's going to do. You got 20 more games to watch this guy. He's going to go down as one of the top five players in Colorado basketball history. No one's going to realize it until five years from now. It's absolutely unbelievable watching him night in and night out. He could be the first All-American since Chauncey Billups, and it's all earned hype. He is unbelievably good for a college point guard. Uh, The problem is 
he is heavily reliant on his teammates to space the floor. And his teammates outside of Jariah Horn, who hit three threes against Tennessee, hit a combined two threes and went two for 18 from the three-point line. So Tennessee, a good team, knowing what they're doing, coached by Rick Barnes, who's a very good college basketball coach, can just stuff the paint. And McKinley Wright's going to get doubled, and he's going to have nowhere to go. And he's going to start settling for jump shots, which he's not the best jump shooter in the world. That's not what he wants to rely upon. And then all of a sudden, you've got two inside bigs that they talked about with Evan Batty and Dallas Walton. And there's nothing to do with those two guys in the paint. It's McKinley pulling up with these floaters, which is a good shot for him. But you start seeing the other guys on the team having to take these floaters as well because there's no spacing on the floor. And that's what you saw a lot of Keyshawn Bartholomew. People were, were, were criticizing his shot selection. You know what? I really like Keyshawn Bartholomew. I think he's going to be a really good player. When you talk about the point guards at Colorado, the guard play with, you know, Corey Higgins, Alec Burke, Spencer Dinwiddie, Askia Booker, George King, some of these really good guards Tad Boyle has had. Uh, I think Keyshawn Bartholomew is going to end up in that class. But that was his first a road game in a big environment. And, yeah, his shot selection was poor. But there wasn't really any shots on the floor in that game. And that's going to be a thing the Buffs are really going to have to work on when they move from teams like Tennessee, who's a really good team, to teams like Arizona, UCLA, USC, these teams that actually have two talented seven-footers, six-foot-nine above guys. And that's what Colorado's going to struggle with. They've always historically struggled with that. And this year it might be even more of a struggle because of the fact that they've got two bigs that are struggling to fit in together. And the fact that one of them is a six eleven skinny guy who's torn his ACL three times. And the other dude's a six foot eight bowling ball and he's mm -hmm. the second tallest guy on the team. Yeah. And, and I, I like uh, what we're saying about the spacing because, you know, Dallas Walton, he's healthy at least right now we're we're gonna find out how healthy i don't know how fleet of foot he is but the fact of the matter is neither of those guys are three-point shooters and it's hard to uh, keep the defense honest when you aren't able to space the floor effectively so maybe it is time for dad to split those guys up the coldest yeah let's hear that basketball theory adam <laughs> well the coldest take you're gonna get from me all day uh, such a cliche here is I think that they're in full disclosure. I missed the Tennessee game. I was with my family in Chicago. Oh. So I went back and looked today. I, I saw the extended highlights, uh, but it's Don't seems you know like, Tennessee is more important than family. You know, that's, it depends who you ask, uh, especially my family in Tennessee. But anyway, uh, I do think that they're just trying to learn to play together at this point. That's what I'm seeing. You saw super slow starts offensively against Tennessee and Kansas State. And it takes a while to kind of build that chemistry. And so I'm hoping that it can come along. Uh, this is a completely different team from last year. And you have a lot of guys who are kind of being put into completely new roles or guys who weren't with the team last year who are now – uh, super important. And so I, I think, think looking at it more from a granular perspective, uh, it, it's not that they're a completely different team or a different structured team. It's the fact that Evan Batty and Deshaun Schwartz are both being counted upon to step up their roles huge and their usage rate huge and provide a lot of three-point spacing. Lucas Seward and Shane Gatling were really two good college basketball players that provided spacing. Both of them are probably playing professional basketball somewhere or will at some point in Shane's case. The thing is, 
Evan Batty has not been good through three games. He would be the first person to tell you that. He needs to play a little bit better. Deshaun Schwartz missed the first two games of COVID, came back, didn't look like himself, was aggressive, but just didn't have his shooting touch. So the problem with the Buffaloes right now is they don't have a secondary option. Nobody has stepped up outside of McKinley Wright. Jariah Horn is very nice, and he has looked very good, but he is not going to if, – if he's the second-best player on Colorado, the Buffs aren't going to a tournament this year. I'll put it that way. Jabari Walker has also looked very good. Yeah. He's a good player, and he's going to be a great player in the future. But, again, mm-hmm. if he's your third-best player, the Buffs aren't going to the tournament this year. So they need some more guys to step up. Well, Evan Batty, and I made this point on the Buff Stampede Basketball Podcast where you can find the three of us, Jake and uh, Chase. But Evan Batty had last year, he had Lucas Seward, who could pop outside, he could shoot the three. Evan could be a facilitator. He could pass the ball off, and he hasn't had that chance this year. Right now, he's, the paint's been clogged up. Evans had to do it himself offensively, and he hasn't been able to facilitate to kind of get himself into the game like we saw him do last year. Yeah, and usually he brings a little bit more energy. Usually he doesn't have to be worked into the game, which is kind of how it seems like it is now, is they have to feed him the ball in the post and all that. He usually is able to make his own plays. He just hasn't looked how he should be. And we expect him to be the second or third best player on this team, just like we do with Deshaun Schwartz. And neither of them have looked good at all to start. Obviously, Schwartz didn't get to play the first two games. But just like exactly like what Jake was saying, they need those two guys to be the better players on this team, and they haven't shown up yet. I I will say uh, a guy who's really impressed the hell out of me so far is Jabari Walker. Uh, The guy's kind of like a brick wall. Uh, I mean, I, I was anticipating a very good basketball player when we're doing Tale of the Tape on him. He's got the pedigree with his dad spending like 10 years in the league. But I'm impressed with what I'm uh, seeing in the low post defensively and, uh, you know, not putting up huge offensive numbers, but got his chances against uh, the South Dakota Coyotes. So I don't know. Uh, Coyotes. Yeah, Coyotes. Back in uh, Montana, if, if you said Coyotes – Certain teams were the Coyotes, other teams were the Coyotes. And if you said Coyotes and it was the Coyotes, they would find your house. And I'm talking pitchforks and torches. Did you enjoy your time over there, Adam? Uh, you know, Glacier National Park was pretty cool. Uh, shout out to the Ambules if they're listening. Great family, the Ambules. Uh, you know, good uh, – the, the, the Montana High School – Rich man's Evan Batty was Noah Ambule, an excellent facilitating center. Uh, Rich man's Evan Batty. Rich man's. Well, for Montana high school Evan's mom is an aerospace engineer. Let's let's relax with this (laughs) earnings estimate. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, um, I'm I'm honestly more looking to the future with this program. Uh, This is a weird year in general for college basketball. There's no way that every team is going to have 
that close to an equal amount of games. Like DePaul hasn't played yet. There it is. I got it in there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <I was coming>. uh, <laughs> you know, they're not going to play for that. Hey, you can't lose if you don't play. <laughs> exactly. Which has Very been cool. an issue for them for a long time. <laughs> I, 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 I keep saying 2020, I've been more mentally healthy than any other year in my life. And I'm pretty sure it's because the buffs have only lost once since March in all of the sports I follow. <laughs> A good way of looking at it. I mean, honestly, they're about to get an influx of uh, new talent, both DePaul and CU, and we'll we'll have other oh, stuff yeah. to talk about DePaul. Uh, but you know, CU's got a top ten recruiting class in twenty twenty one, and I think that you know you saw against Tennessee, they need a big man. Well, Chase can speak to this a little bit more. The, the recruiting class and Lawson Lovering is that guy. Chase yeah. has seen him play, but uh. Adam uh, loves him. Just, Adam knows more Adam, than me. Huh? Adam's been we, all over Lawson Lovering. Long yeah. off the Lawson. Crazy there, but I... Good kid, but <laughs> he's going to be playing alongside Jabari Walker, who you just mentioned. And I said the same exact thing on, on our podcast, and I hate to be this guy to say this, but Jabari Walker made a, a cut in his first game as a freshman that made my jaw drop. Like, it was just such an intelligent NBA-level play where the defender turned his head, cut to the basket, got an easy layup. What I've loved about him thus far is just how aggressive he's been, both rebounding and his shots. He is not afraid of anything. And he clearly is going to end up being a very good player. Like, if you were to put a gun to my head and ask me today, is Jabari Walker going to be in the NBA? I would say yes. Like, I just, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to go there yet. But if I had to, I would. So I, I just love everything I see from him. And the fact that Lawson Lovering is going to have a very athletic, aggressive power forward for most of his time at CU, I think is going to make Lawson so much better because – and I'm not – Lawson's a tough dude. Like, I've seen him play, but Lawson's not a – but he's, he's going to be classified kind of as that softer center because he's got that touch and he can shoot. He's mm-hmm. going to be someone that sits on the outside. So the fact that he's going to be playing next to somebody that can get in there and muck it up is going to make Lawson all that much better because it's going to allow him to play to his strengths, which is something – that's very unique for a big man, right, Chase? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Lawson is just very unique in general. He's seven foot two. He can do just about anything on the basketball floor. Um, and, and I think he's going to be one of the better players that CU has ever seen. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether he stays for three or four years. I think that'll be the biggest question yeah. about his CU legacy because I think he, he could be an NBA draft pick after think- one or two years. Yeah, just just broke the uh, ESPN top 100. And one thing I really like about Lawson is obviously, you know, he's got the skill set of a center, but he he's a modern player. And some of the things they're working on him and his his dad, you know, in their secret laboratory, essentially, uh, that that one dribble, that two dribble pull up uh, that a lot of guards made a living on for pretty much since the inception or of the NBA, you know, like that is a very dangerous uh, shot to guard. You kind of catch the defense off balance. You can pull up and hit that. And then uh, he's working on passing as well. And so that's going to create a lot of opportunities, uh, especially for the slashers and the cutters. And it is going to be very fun to see what that looks like with Jabari Walker. Cause I think there is a very good chance that both of those guys wind up in the NBA. Yeah, and then you throw in a guy like Quincy Allen around him, and, and we'll see if Keyshawn Bartholomew can develop. And there's a lot to be excited about with CU in the next few years. I, I, I'm i kind of with you. I think you're making a good point, Adam, that maybe maybe we shouldn't care as much as we do about this year because 
It is more about it's McKinley Wright's senior year. Get <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think enjoy McKinley Wright, but maybe not they worry. They need to get to about. a tournament this year. If McKinley doesn't finish with a tournament, it's a shame. Yeah, that that that's very true. A, a McKinley Wright career without a tournament is yeah. Come on, Chase. No, I I agree with what Jake's saying. I'm just saying there's a lot to still be excited about, um, even past this year. Yeah, and I think it's a good stepping stone. Oh, is that a Brady Quinn McFarlane figure, by the way, on your shelf there? Definitely. Where is he? <laughs> yeah, back here. Is this the one we're talking about? What if I were to tell you that I used to have that same Brady Quinn McFarlane figure? <laughs> the Cleveland Brown. Hey, yeah. I got something for you all. <laughs> I'm going to leave him right here. Wait, wrong shirt. What do we have? Well, we got what, – what shirt is that? Cleveland uh, still sucks. Oh. Do you want to hear a really lame brag? Absolutely. I have Brady Quinn's number. Oh, that's amazing. Let's get him on the show. Call him. He's been on my show before. That's why. Let's see what he's yeah. doing. That's not a lame brag. That's like I don't have Brady Quinn's it, number. It's such, it's such a weird niche, like, celebrity, like, number to have. I mean, I'll I'll take it. He's he's a good looking man too. One of the maybe the best looking starting quarterback in Notre Dame football history. Let's be honest. Also Broncos. Yeah, also Broncos. <laughs> uh, hey, Elway's a stud. Absolutely. Happy my birthday, mom said, my, Yeah, my mom said John Elway's the 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 most interesting person that she's ever looked at. And for me, whenever someone says interesting, it's coded language for bad, and they're just too cowardice to say bad. Interesting. <laughs> John Elway versus Brady Quinn in the looks competition. It's not even close. It's, it's that old Dick Vitale saying, Rosie O'Donnell versus uh, – what, what did he say, Kate? Oh, you, you, uh, need to, you need to figure out what it is already because you reference it like – I, I always forget it, but it's, it's <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell versus uh, Margot nah, – I don't know. I don't know. Before I got hopelessly uh, <laughs> sidetracked by the Brady Quinn – uh, figurine. <laughs> I was saying uh, that it's a good building year because if they can get into the tournament this year, and I think they probably would have gotten into it next year, it kind of lays uh, a foundation for the following year, which hopefully is a little bit more normal. Uh, I, I wouldn't quite call this a farewell tour for McKinley Wright, but it's very important, I think, for McKinley and very important for Colorado that he does get into the NBA. Well, think, most importantly, I, I think for McKinley, it's that he overlaps with Keyshawn Bartholomew. So, I mean, they practice for a year together and they're learning together. That's a good point. But one, obviously everyone looks at the Spencer Dinwiddie injury, which I'm wearing his jersey right now, and looks at it as the high point of Colorado's, uh, of their, their time under Tad Boyle and how there were so many setbacks from that injury. One that very few people often talk about is that Spencer Dinwiddie was unable to spend a summer with Dom Collier, who was one of the top recruits in the country at the time and was a point guard for the Buffs. He had a very solid college career, but he definitely had the potential to be more. And I always think that what would happen if Spencer would have gotten a couple months with Dom Collier where they were overlapping on campus, and it just didn't happen. So the fact that, that Keyshawn Bartholomew is going to get two years with McKinley Wright, I think is so invaluable to the potential for the Buffs because that's the guy who's going to be the point guard for Quincy Allen, Lawson Lovering, Jabari Walker, uh, Neat Clifford, all the all these guys that we talk about and get so excited about. That's a good point. 
before we move on to the Denver Nuggets, uh, anyone have any uh, thoughts you want to sneak in there on the buffs? Uh, well, I would like to say the Pac-12 isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. Uh, so that's going to help out the Buffs' chances. I, I do think they actually have a chance to get into the top four, although I'm sure they'll end up fifth and have to play on Wednesday because that's just what they do. Um, but the Pac-12, there was a lot of hype. That's the, next, the, that's the next Hoopstradamus shirt, by the way, is Tad Ball. We play on Wednesday. <laughs> we play on Wednesday. <laughs> Any, anybody else? Any thoughts on the buffs? Vinay looks stone cold silent over there. All right. The Denver Nuggets. I'll tell you what, this team's a, a tournament team for sure. Uh, they will be very good. I have some concerns. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and shoot here. I'll, I'll get us started. The last time we went in depth on the Nuggets, Jake was on the show. We were talking about how important Jeremy Grant was going to be. Jeremy Grant now just got, I'm going to call it what it is, he got overpaid by the Pistons. And I don't understand what the Pistons are doing. Jeremy Grant is a very good player, but I think he's making like almost $20 million a year on this deal. And I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, but you have the Jeremy Grantless Denver Nuggets. That means that J. Michael Green just got that much more important. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to really step it up defensively. He has the potential to do so. He said he wants to be that guy who guards the other team's best player. Well, let's see it, MPJ. Uh, but the Nuggets are, without a doubt, one of the most exciting teams in the NBA right now when you consider the incredible run they had in the playoffs. And uh, I would say that they gave the Lakers more of a fight than any team in the playoffs so let's get right into it jake i'm gonna give you the floor jeremy grant is gone thoughts well i mean i mean you're a bulls fan adam the the detroit pistons gave the nuggets back up front court 60 million dollars like like come <laughs> i was on, gonna man. say like, that they're building the team around su nuggets superstars plumley right, like right. mason plumley and jeremy grant go ahead man like go ahead have them we don't want them we don't want whitney want young that, like, dolphins superstar uh, Jalil Okafor, who they also gave some money to. I mean, I might sound like the guy who feels like he got his heart broken. I'm just sitting here going, all right, like, it's so much better now that Grant's left because of this. And I was, you know, upset that Grant left. But in all reality, and I love Tory Craig, too, the Nuggets didn't have a wing defender before. And Jamichael Green's a better defender in the paint than Jeremy Grant is. He's a better rebounder. He actually hustles to the glass. And he's better off the catch and shoot. The Nuggets don't need anyone to dribble the basketball because they have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic. Like, they don't need anyone else to dribble the basketball. Composite. And, and Monte Morris, who's the best assist to turnover guy in the NBA, who just got a contract extension. And Faco Composo, who I am very excited about and I will talk about in a second. So, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Denver Nuggets are better today than when they almost took the Lakers to six or seven games. And, you know, it, it sounds stupid to say that, but through the first four games of that series, there was a two-point spread going the Lakers' way. They won those games just barely and by last-second shots and stuff like that. So you're right, Adam. The Nuggets gave them a good shot. But I don't think the Nuggets are as good today right now as they were then. But they could be better if Michael Porter Jr., turns himself into a better defender, figures out how to get himself matching with uh, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, and, and does all this kind of stuff that we need him to do to take the next leap. 
but he is the favorite to be the most improved player in the NBA next year because if he just plays 30 minutes a night, he's going to get you 17 and, and six. Like, that's how good Michael Porter Jr. is already if he can stay on the floor and get those minutes. So I am really excited for this Nuggets season, and I have gone as far to say, and I've put my money where my mouth is, the Nuggets will be the best regular season team in the NBA this year, and I don't think Ooh. there's a doubt about it. Wow. Uh, like, you, you look at how deep <laughs> this team is in a year where COVID's going to impact. They, their fourth-string point guard, P.J. Dozier, had a bunch of impact minutes in the playoffs last year. Their third string point guard was the best point guard outside of the NBA in the world last year. Their backup center is Bull Bull, who was one of the best college, one of the best college recruits of the last 15 years. Like they are so deep. RJ Hampton's got to figure a way to get into the lineup. Like uh, the, the dude they got from Arizona, Zeke Naji in the draft is a really solid impact player that murdered the buffs last year and does all of the little things that the Nuggets needed. Like I'm really excited. The thing is, they don't fit any conventional, convention, uh, conventional motives that we talked about, Adam, last time I was on the podcast. Their center plays point guard. Their point guard plays shooting guard. Their other three guys are kind of just 3 and D guys, and Michael Porter Jr. can be something else. I have no idea right now. So yeah. I couldn't tell you what the Nuggets are going to be or how they're going to be used. The biggest thing for me, I'm not concerned about their offense. Their offense is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Their defense, I don't know how the hell that's going to get together because they need to find a way to stop a guy like Luka Doncic or LeBron James or James Harden night in and night out. And Gary Harris has to be the guy to be healthy. But if team's got a second big guy like an Anthony Davis or Kristaps Porzingis, someone's got to step up. And it just so happens to, to turn out, as we talked about last time, Adam, Nicole Jokic has been one of the better defensive centers in the NBA outside of pick and roll for the last few years. So I'm not too worried, but they do need to step up that defense if they want to go from contender to championship level team, which they have all of the makings of being a championship level team, but they need these potential guys to actually get there. But, you know, looking at it in just terms of the regular season, they're so deep when guys are going to be taking, you know, games off and, you know, COVID's going to happen to some teams. The Nuggets are going to be out there running Monte Morris, Faco Campono, and PJ, uh, and PJ Dozier and Paul Millsap in their starting five. Like, that's completely fine. Like, that's better than what, like, the Bobcats and the Bulls have. Oh, the Bobcats. Uh, and to your point on Michael Porter Jr., uh, per 36 minutes last year, 20 points and 10 rebounds. This guy also shot uh, 42% from three and play either forward position, which is going to be crucial. Another name I want to bring into the mix here is Will Barton, who maybe that Lakers series goes seven with him because uh, I would call him the backup point guard last year uh, for Jamal Murray and the versatility that he brought on both sides of the floor was huge all season for the Nuggets. And at times when Murray was out, missed an extended time last year, Will Barton was without a doubt the second best player on that team. And so you're going to be able to bring him back, which I think is going to provide a lot more of a uh, consistent offense. I'm not necessarily saying they were inconsistent last year, but there were certainly times in the bubble where I was watching those games and just thinking, wow, this would be so much better if you had Will the Thrill out there. Oh, I was going to let Jake take another Yo, answer. No, I can go. I can go. Okay, uh, go for it then. The, yeah, why'd the you have is, the two of us on here? <laughs> the thing is with Will is the Nuggets really needed him as a wing guy that, can, that could change up the offense because they were so reliant on the two-man game, particularly in the last four minutes of games. And Jamal Murray knew it. And that's why Jamal Murray – went to another level and he's going to be an all-star next year is because 
he had the recognition to know that he needed to step up in those last four minutes. But in the first few minutes of every quarter, that he could relax and let his team play the game. And that was such a key recognition. Now, if the Nuggets can get Will Barton to step up for two to three minutes a quarter and then Jamal Murray to do so, they're a completely different team. And Will is such a good scorer, and he's not afraid of the moment. Oh, there I am on DSPN right now. Oh, how hey! <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, with what the Nuggets have, is they have probably seven starters for five spots. Will Barton is a starter. Michael Porter Jr. is a starter. Jamichael Green should be a starter just with the way he fits this team. Paul Millsap was a starter almost every single game. Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic, and Jamal Murray are starters. So who is going to be the guy that can sit on the bench? And what's interesting to me is it might be Gary Harris, who they really need to defend the perimeter, and it might be Paul Millsap, who's been an all-star in this league and who's been very good and is a leader of the Nuggets. So you have a lot of mental stuff going on behind the scenes, but the thing is Michael Malone is such an under-talked about and underappreciated coach, and he's going to figure it out because his players absolutely adore him. And he's going to create a system in which everyone gets their important minutes and important touches. And if you don't believe me, Monte Morris just got signed over. A dude from overseas just came in to be the backup point guard for the Nuggets. And he still signed a three-year $57 million extension. So Monte Morris has the faith. These players have the faith that they're going to get their usage rate with the Nuggets. And you know who did it? Jeremy Grant. And he got the fuck out. So I'm good with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think missing Jeremy is a problem defensively. It's not necessarily a loss offensively, especially. I'm going to miss Mason Plumley more. I love that dude. I'm going to miss Tory <laughs> Craig more. I am. I, I'm going to miss the uh, graphics at the Pepsi center. The, the Mason jar, not very creative, but I enjoyed it. You know, it was, it was cute. And well, it would have worked even better this year with the ball arena being the mason jar. Mm. Mm. The ball yeah. arena. Is that LaMelo? Who's, no, like the, that's the new name of the arena. The, the sack. Yeah. It's called the ball arena. <laughs> yeah. Ball makes mason jars. Come the on. Ball man. arena. Yeah. Went from the can to the jar this offseason. Wait, this is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. I've got three Google ball right mason now on jars your phone. sitting in my fridge. Ball How about that. It's, it's, it's the biggest upset, upset in the history of companies that the people that make the mason jars are also the people that send shit to space. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly, uh, it's very fitting. Colorado, you know, that's very Colorado to have the, the mason jar over Pepsi, you know. Ball <laughs> uh, is one of the two largest, I think, can and jar manufacturers in the, in the country, I think interesting if i read my numbers correctly and they also make the aluminum cups that fans can drink their beer out of when they're at cu uh, football and basketball games except not this season and i believe that those are compostable which is great i guess it's, i don't you know, know. We, we, we big earth i throw everything into the trash i'm not a recycling guy oh Vinay, come on i don't believe you for a second uh i do have a, a question from the fans here and, and this will kind of bring us fans. Oh, that's right. We have fans. Uh, so here's, here's the question. Uh, if you were king slash head coach for a day, who would you start for the buffs and nuggets this year? And why? Uh, let's see, Chase, you've been awfully quiet. Let's send it over to you. We're doing a starting five for each team. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll do CU first McKinley, right? 
Um, I'm kind of in between on Eli Parquet or Keyshawn Bartholomew. I think Eli Parquet right now at this point helps that team because he helps them spread the floor more. Um, so I'll go with Parquet at the two, Deshaun Schwartz at the three. Uh, four is not really close for me. I, I love Jariah Horn. I'm starting Jariah at the four and then Batty at the five. We'll rotate Walton and uh, Keyshawn in. They'll be our first two guys off the bench. I'm waiting for you guys. Vinay looks like he has a take before I get Yeah, um, I, am not, I, I am not an Eli Parquet guy. I know these two are. These two hate me for it, but I, didn't, I would start Keyshawn Bartholomew over Parquet. McKinley Wright, um, same thing as Chase. I'm a little horny. Jariah can start. Ah. Uh, <laughs> um, Evan Batty and uh, Deshaun Schwartz. Yeah, I'm rolling out something different. I got McKinley, Keyshawn, uh, Parquet, Schwartz at the four, and Batty at uh, the Whoa, five. Whoa, Schwartz at the small. And, and the way things are going right now, I might start Horn over Batty at the five. Okay. I, Yikes. I like that. Go a little small. Spread it out a little bit. Um, should we hit up the night? Adam, did you want to go over your bus five? Before yeah, I... yeah. I'll go uh, McKinley, Bartholomew, Schwartz, Horn, and Batty. Okay. Same you know. as me. I guess so, yeah. 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 Great minds. <laughs> um, and then I'll, I'll do the nuggets real fast. This one's much tougher, I think. It, and for all the points that Jake just said is they have a lot of starters on this team. And this is Hoopstradamus. You can get weird with it. You know what I mean? You can get a little outside the box. You know, that's Go how we do things Some here. critical basketball yeah. theory here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm going to. I'm, I'm okay. Have some uh, then, then we'll start uh, Jokic at the point guard. We'll go with Bull Bull at the two. <laughs> oh, no. I, <laughs> I guess we'll go with Point Murray. forward? Uh, Murray. Uh, Harris. MPGA. See, this is tough. It There's is. so many different options you can do, too. I, I, I'll let you guys go for this one, and then I'm going to decide. All right. I'll, I'll get real. I'll set the tone here with the weirdest answer we're going to get. Uh, so, as many of you know, we have a time machine here. We invented time travel uh, purely for basketball research. We've only gone back in time. Or this time, we're going to go forward in time. And that means that Bull Bull is going to be a starting power forward. All right. But Bull Bull, four years from now. Okay. So what? Gonna, what is yeah. this show? Uh, this is the basketball time machine, baby. This? Oh, yeah. Here we go. And so uh, we're going – everyone else is from Do you have a little year. sound effect for the basketball time machine? Uh, our, our good friend uh, Matt Postlewhite did make us some theme music. Maybe I'll put it in uh, in the editing here, but I probably won't. Okay. Uh, if you listen – How about a – For a time machine. Why don't You're you welcome. Re- why don't you record that, uh, put it on loop, <laughs> send it to me, you know, a good 40-second – file and we'll, we'll call it a day uh but i'm gonna go jamal murray and then i'm gonna go uh will the thrill barton uh, as one of my wings then i'm gonna go michael porter jr then i'm gonna go prime bowl bowl because frankly i don't think he's ready yet i think he's a little raw but when i think about what that team's going to be able to do uh in the future with him and also how much he's going to help on the defensive side of the floor i think that's that is absolutely huge. And so him alongside Jokic, you're going to have the greatest two outlet passers in the history of mankind. Everyone else has to just get down the damn floor. And then I want pull-up threes in transition from Jamal Murray. And uh, MPJ, I want cut into the hoop. And 
if I don't start Barton at the shooting guard, I'm starting Gary Harris and then having Will Barton be sixth man of the year. But the real uh, important factor here is future Bowl who's going to be just a nightmare. He's going to be shooting 43% from three. He's going to be blocking three shots a game with six assists, 19 points, and 14 rebounds. He's going to be an absolute stud. And Jokic, Jokic is just going to get this guy open all day and uh, average a triple-double. All right, I think I'm ready. Jokic I think and Bobo run the pick and roll together. If, if, if I like going... how all of you guys have to get on your list, and I just know the entire Nuggets roster off my head. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I can, I, can literally go, I can literally go to the two ways if you need me to. Do you guys know Greg Whittington mentions this podcast? Shame on you. No Isaiah Hartstein. Shame on you. I've been well, fucked you... up so many times watching Isaiah Hartstein highlights. I, it's Hartstein's like a low-key good admit... fit. You, you mentioned, like, Bobo is the backup center. I was like, you're forgetting a couple guys there. I couldn't name it off the top of my head. Hartstein Morris were one of the best whoa, genius whoa, whoa, whoa. duos like two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Fede, floor is yours. All right. I'm going, I'm going in the time machine, all right? Um, so, Jamal <laughs> Murray at the point guard. MPJ, two. Melo at the three. Jokic at the four. Oh, did you just add Carmelo? Gallinari at the five. <laughs> oh, time machine abuse. <laughs> I, I respect it, though. <laughs> I had to get off on the mellow mention. Uh, you know, the, the Atlanta Hawks are going to be really upset that Danilo Gallinari has uh, been replicated somehow. But- hey, I'm a big Gallo fan. Galileo, they call him. No one's ever called he was, him He was awesome. I love Gallo so much. I love him. Chase probably does too as a Nuggets fan. He's yeah, I, I was hoping they might bring him in. I thought he would have been a fine He would have been a great fit. Too much money. Too much money. Yeah. And, and uh, just a hand-in-glove fit. That's a sh- story for another show, but a perfect fit uh, with what they're building in Atlanta. In case you guys haven't heard uh, my hot take there, but that is the dark horse in the East. They're – they have three centers. Are they going to start? How the hell is John Collins going to play? He's John? one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, you have Capella. one of the best players in the NBA. How the hell is he going to play? You have Capella, Collins. then you have Big O, too, who they just drafted. I don't know what, know what they did, what they're doing with that. Collins is going to play the power 40 shot over 40% from three. Capella is going to be, uh, you know, the, the one in and the one in, four out. And then you're going to have Trey Young, who you're able to – hide now defensively with the additions of Rajon Rondo and Chris Dunn, who's quietly become one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. And I, then gonna be able I to- was honestly wondering if he's still in the NBA the other day. So Chris you Dunn? didn't mention Bogdan. You didn't mention Oh, I didn't Bogdan get there yet. Didn't get there lineup. yet. And you didn't, yeah. you didn't mention Rondo. You didn't mention Cam no, Reddish. I did. I just Kevin didn't mention Rondo. Rondo. Oh, did? I did mention Rondo. And I was like, okay, well, I'm I didn't hear it. Yeah, Bogdanovich is probably at the three. Another guy I'm going to mention is DeAndre Hunter. This is quietly one of the deepest teams in the NBA, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they have home court advantage in the first round. All right. What about Kevin Hunter? Low key, low key, their third string point guard is Brandon Goodwin, who was actually really good for the Nuggets in limited minutes last year. That's a good pickup. Hey, are we are we are we going to go through this entire podcast without mentioning? My Washington Wizards oh, here we go. with uh, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Rui Hachimura. I love Rui. I, 
Oishi, that's you didn't mention my favorite player in the NBA now, Denny Ajibadad. My Jewish brother. Denny. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Denny. Hanukkah, folks. Yeah. Uh, also, I will say the one positive thing about the Washington Wizards is they formerly had the greatest name in the history of sports, the Capital Bullets. Mm. They did. And then in D.C., there was an issue with too many people shooting each other. So they decided, hey, let's not uh, condone this behavior. Makes sense. You know, they still have that problem, though. Well, I am concerned about their shooting because Russell Westbrook shoots about 29% from three on his career. I know uh, you are not a Russell Westbrook hey, fan. Hey. Bill and Obvious are the worst student, though. The worst player in the NBA, Russell Westbrook. And, and let me tell you what, folks. I will pull up a picture of my dad and uh, like circa 1984, and I am telling you that like the first time I saw Dave, Davis Bertans, I'm like, Dad? <laughs> I'm talking exact same person, like same haircut, same orange hair. I have a slight gap between the middle of my teeth. I think the gap's even there with Bertans. It's un <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, Chase, what's your Nuggets starting five? Okay, so now that I know the rules, we can use the time machine a little bit. I didn't know about that. Mellow. Happy going in dry. <laughs> well, Adam has never invited me on the show, so I never was able to learn. Um, so we're going with Jamal Murray. And then we're going to go with a uh, Marcus Howard that learns how to play defense. Marcus Howard. Hell yeah. Be, Hell yeah. He Hell then, yeah. That dude is a freaking bucket, as the young people say. Like, absolutely lit it up from the second he got in there at Marquette. So, I love that pickup for the Nuggets. And then we're just going to go with our tall kings, MPJ, Ball Ball, and Jokic. Mm. Marcus Howard is our fifth string point guard. Marcus <laughs> Howard is our fifth string point guard. He was an All American in the last two years. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't get. Uh, I mean, shoot, he was undrafted, no? Yeah, undrafted. He was the first undrafted signee I saw, which a, makes sense. He should have been. It, it's a joke. He should have been drafted. Uh, also, the Nuggets should have gotten Paul Reed in the second round. I'm just going to throw that in there. He would be a perfect fit, but we'll see. Great pick for the Sixers. Great Is he from DePaul? Yeah, of course. Of course. And uh, they're going back to Billy Blue Demon, so you all better watch out next year. You know, not this year because they'll probably never play, but we'll see. Uh, so, Jake Shapiro's Denver Nuggets starting five for the 2020-21 season. Faku. Faco, Faco, yep. Campazo, Campazo. Let's go. <laughs> five, five, ten guys on the court. We can do Our it. Our short <laughs> um, Maybe well, like, a, a the, couple Marcus Howards in there, a couple Facos. We'll just go under six. Yeah. Points. You know, it's, it's funny, though, because the Nuggets can legitimately run a lineup where Paul Millsap's their five, or, or even Michael Porter, but Millsap's six, eight, so it's more fun. And uh, they'd have uh, probably Gary Harris playing the four in this situation. And they would have Faku, Monte, and Jamal on the floor, or Will on the floor at all the same time. They'd have five guys under 6'8", all between like 5'10 and 6'8", with two of them being 5'10". That's a legitimate lineup they could run this year. Or they could run a lineup that's Nikola Jokic, Bull Bull, Michael Porter at the top three positions, which are all three guys above 6'11". Jamal Murray, who's 6'6", six six running point guard. And then they could have Jamichael, uh, uh, Jamichael Green playing the two if they wanted to for some reason. Like, that's a legitimate lineup. Like, those are crazy things the Nuggets could do this year. But if I was Michael Malone on day one starting the season, because that's what's going to happen as I watch Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Grant miss his first two shots of the Detroit Pistons. Ha-ha. Um, 
if I were starting the season, game one, everyone's healthy. Uh, for me, because Will Barton is going to make a big stink if he's not starting, I would play him at the two next to Jamal. Uh, at the three, I would run with uh, Michael Porter Jr. The four, I would put in uh, Jamichael Green because I really like that lineup. And especially if Gary Harris isn't starting, you need the defense on the floor. And then I would put Jokic. And you have Gary Harris playing 30 minutes a night off the bench. And you okay. have Paul Millsap playing about 22 minutes a night off the bench, which is going to be really good because he can't play. He just didn't look good in so many minutes. But he actually wasn't that bad in limited minutes. He just shouldn't have been making $30 million. Mm-hmm. So that, that's fine. And you have a really nice bench with Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Bull Bull, and either Zeke Naji or Isaiah Hartstein as your fifth guy. And again, you have Marcus Howard to play with. You have Faku to play with. You have a bunch of things to play with on your bench that aren't even in your rotation that are just absolutely ridiculous. And my favorite guy on the Nuggets, P.J. Dozier, who can play one through the four at 6'7 as a point guard and he can do everything on the floor. He was on LeBron James in the Western Conference Finals last year. So the Nuggets are just so deep. It's ridiculous. I think a a key component for the Nuggets identity is lineup versatility, and uh, we've kind of touched on that a little bit. But the NBA, besides the defending champs, is a small ball league, right? And when you have a bunch of big players that can play really good transition basketball, you're going to be able to uh, beat people at their own game while also beating people at your own game. And so when I look at the Nuggets, and it's very ironic because much like the Buffs, I'm kind of looking into the future a little bit. What, what, are, what is this team going to look like in a year? What is this team going to look like in a, a few years? Jake but, does not look happy. Uh, no, it's your your windows are so limited in, in in professional sports that if the Nuggets aren't going for it right now, as Joe oh, and they, and they should be, to one of the top, right? Yeah, but I mean, the, and Porter could easily ascend to one of the top thirty players in the league this year too. So you got three guys that could be top thirty players. The Nuggets aren't going for it this year. You might as well not play basketball. I mean, I mean, they're going to be going be for it, but like you know, Bol Bol's what twenty years old? Like this guy could be a huge part of the program. But what you're looking at, regardless of this year or going uh, further down the line, is you still have elite passers but it's like the potential to be one of the biggest lineups but you don't know who's going to tear their acl you don't know who's going to stay healthy you just don't know right now you have a chance you might as well go all out there's no need need to wait like there's no need to wait but that doesn't also mean you need to trade all these guys for james hart you can run it with these guys because they have the talent and hope porter takes the same jump that murray just took in the bubble but now in december like there's reasonable hope to expect that given he was one of the top high school players in the country. So uh, th- there's no need to panic and, and trade a guy or skip steps is the way Tim Conley and, and, and Mike Malone says you can run it with this group, but there's no reason the expectation can't be, all right, we're going to try and get back to Western conference final and be one of the top three teams, not just in our conference, but in the NBA this year. Like, That's those should be the expectations in this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, frankly, you know, if they run into the Lakers or Clippers uh, before that happens, that's going to be a tough matchup. But they just beat the Clippers. Uh, and so I think they got a, a solid chance there. Also, they can kind of big ball the Clippers. And so Jokic continues to get better every single year. I think you're seeing a more uh, swift Jokic now, and that's going to create even more matchup problems. But they're going to be – I don't know how much Bowl Bowl is going to work into the rotation this year. I hope that he does get his opportunities. but. 
it's going to be one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA. In theory, you're going to like have a ton of really good passers. I don't think that they're necessarily contending for a championship this year, but I do oh, think that they're on. in the Western Conference Finals. Chase? All I'm, all I'm going to say, and this can lead into Chase's point, I ain't, I ain't scared of those bums from the Clippers. Like, they're bums. They're scared. They're not mentally strong. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't scared. Like, that team's a joke. Like, I was going to say, like, Paul, if, yeah. if we consider the Clippers as contenders, then we better consider the Nuggets as we're, contenders. We're fine. Like, the team that scares – obviously, the Lakers should scare me. They got a lot better. The thing that really scares me is the Mavericks because Luka. Like, it, it's the Mavericks – and it's the Lakers. And the Mavericks really only scare me because the Nuggets have been really bad in pick-and-roll defense uh, the last few years. And James Harden has absolutely torn them apart when he's had an illegitimate center and spacing around him, i.e. Chris Paul and Clint Capella. Uh, the, the Mavericks could very easily turn into that team around Luka with a high usage rate and Kristaps who could pop or roll. So that scares me. Um, but there's no one in the West that I look at and I'm like, all right, they're going to beat us in a seven game series besides possibly the Mavericks and definitely the Lakers. Yeah. So I, I like, there's no reason to sit here and be like, Oh, the Clippers or Oh, the Suns got Chris Paul or, or do this NBA. Oh, you know, you, you know what one of the best pickups was, was Portland who's played us really tough for a few years, went out and got Robert Covington, yep, the guy that fit. I would love for the Nuggets to have. And he's one of the only guys that could actually okay. get in the post and stop Nikola Jokic or, or at least slow him down. So that's one of the things that scares me a little bit. But the but the they're the fucking Blazers. Like I'm not scared of them. Like like we just took them in a playoff series. Like we took them to seven in a year that was their best year possible. Like we beat them every time we play them in the regular season with bums on our team. Sometimes like we were trying to lose a game when we beat the Blazers a few years ago. So like I ain't scared of the Blazers. That's Jake Shapiro is not scared of the Blazers, folks. Damian Lillard just put that on the bulletin board in the locker room. This, the and the Rockets are trash podcast. now too. So whatever. Like, yeah, they Wood got John Wall. Pick up, but they're they're trash. Chase, go for it. No, I I completely agree with everything that Jake is saying actually, which is unfortunate. But <laughs> I, I don't really have anything to pick you. Give me your give me your oh the Warriors are back take. Like the Warriors are no, back, they're not. They're they were shit. until Clay Thompson. Shit Clay. Yeah. Like, look, I'm as attracted to Kelly Oubre as anyone on the planet, but I'm not going to talk myself into the Warriors right. being a home playoff team. He is a man rocket. We do have to give him that. <laughs> Speaking of him, do you like the Suns as kind of a Western Conference contender? I don't know how I feel about the Suns. I, I don't. Not a contender. They're a team that's going to make the playoffs. And here's the thing. You got to look uh, at the context of certain franchises, right? Uh, the the Phoenix Suns are not the Los Angeles Lakers. It's not title or bust. The Phoenix Suns just want to make the damn playoffs. Uh, now playoffs adding Chris Paul just made Deandre Ayton. Who's one of the most underrated players in the league. So much better. I call it the Tyson Chandler effect. You put Chris Paul on a team in your pick and roll game. Just got, you know, so much better. And uh, Deandre Ayton, man can also shoot. And then you Dallas have, Walton shut him down. Yeah, did you call number one overall pick underrated? Is that yeah? Like what the, the hell? Is, like works? I love DeAndre, and like what the he, hell? Is he's that? not being talked about enough. Okay, I because he plays in Phoenix. Yeah, it's the market. And that changes. That changes this year. Uh, I do think that the Suns are going to take huge steps forward, but I am not afraid of them. And if that's a three-six matchup, Nuggets and five. 
Mm-hmm. Jamal's a better player than Devin Booker right now. Like, he, he had, like you know what? Devin Booker puts up great regular season numbers. So does De'Aaron Fox. But Jamal has proved it at the next level in those high-key playoff games time and time again, and he's had those experiences. Like, I will go with Jamal and Nikola Jokic over, over that combination. But the one thing I will say about Chris Paul that's going to have a huge impact is he was so good for Dennis Schroeder's playmaking, and that scares me with the Lakers. Is Dennis Schroeder's a legitimate point guard. And – Chris Paul had that impact. He changed Dennis Schroeder's game. Chris Paul can do that to Devin Booker and change Devin Booker from this combo scoring guard to a true point guard, but with an amazing scoring touch. And all of a sudden you have the second coming of Steve Nash out there. Why? Why? That'd be wild. Gary. So how much better did the Lakers get? in the offseason so much better is bullshit all right i'm upset about it okay you're i'm, I'm gonna rant real quick what let's the, hear it what the fuck man like they got now, the defensive player the former defensive player of the year for nothing i mean now you have uh montrez harrell who is going to work perfectly alongside anthony davis who hits pull-up threes now like anthony davis uh little shout out to my friend kevin roney who dropped 19 against his uh team when they were playing as sophomores in in high school anthony davis also pinned one of uh, kevin's shots against the backboard sorry kevin if you're listening uh but anyway you know that guy has guard skills is the point i'm trying to make you have lebron james who is the most positionless player maybe ever and so you have this huge team in the small ball league you have marcus all who is uh, behind Nikola Jokic is one of the best passing centers of all time. He's not going to play major minutes, but that is a perfect fit. You add Dennis Schroeder where they were clearly lacking uh, depth in the backcourt and at times that was exposed in the playoffs and in the bubble. And so you add him there uh, and he's really, he had a really good year last year. Basically the Lakers, all they were truly lacking was depth and now they have it. And there isn't a player on that team who doesn't fit uh, their identity. And so shout out to Jackie Moon, AKA LeBron James, your forward uh, entertainment sensation, head coach and GM, because this is a LeBron team. And I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think this is actually the best LeBron James team, at least on paper that we've seen since 2013. You missed the dude who started for the Bucks last year who were the best team in the East. Wesley, Wesley Matthews. Matthews is also added to their team, who's a yeah. really good player. Yeah. Not, not the Wesley Matthews of Portland, but definitely like an upgrade over uh, Danny Green, I would say. No, but you don't need to rely on Danny Green or Kyle Kuzma now. You have yeah. Wes Matthews as a backup option. And I don't like Kyle Kuzma. I want to be on record saying that. I do not like him. Oh, we – we saw him play up close when Utah was in against Colorado and he wasn't even the third best or fourth best player on his college team. I still have no idea why he's starting in the NBA. Yeah. Lakers. I, I unfortunately think will repeat is NBA champions. Seemed like LeBron was trying to trade him. What did he tweeted about Kyle Kuzma being the most improved this year? I think was the tweet. Uh, but yeah, he's terrible. We, we watched him for a while at CU. He's just not, He's not going to be anything special, and I don't know why LeBron's in love with him. Should they should have kept Ingram? Yeah, that's I agree with that. Uh, well, folks, any any uh, closing remarks? I feel like we're about hitting the end here. I mean, I can keep going. Whatever, just give me an amount of time you want me to go for, and I will about the Denver Nuggets. Like there is an unlimited amount of time that I can fill. 
Well, that's what I'd like to hear because this won't be the last time we do this. This is going to be a focal point for Hoopstradamus this basketball season where we are focusing on uh, our loyal fans in Colorado as well as our loyal fans in Chicago. Uh, We are playing favorites. Those are my two favorite places. And, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that that is – that those guys are taken care of. (laughs) The Blackhawks. All right. Oh, Go ahead, Vinay. Right. I was just going to say oh. I'm nine minutes late for Lester Holt, so I don't want Jake to keep going on about the Nuggets. All right. Fair enough. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, quick shout out to Evan Butris for uh, putting our logo together. Uh, check his stuff out at the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. Go ahead and slide into his DMs if you're looking to get any graphic design work done. And uh, shout out to the, those of you who purchased a Hoopstradamus t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, are, are those long sleeves still available? Yeah. You know, they, it actually closes it right now. It's five forty mountain time. That, that order form is going to close in uh, three hours and 20 minutes. And I'm not going to open that up for at least another year. And so I can send you a link, but it's snooze or lose or you snooze, you lose at this point. Uh, so you got a chance, Chase. I'll send you the link. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to I, send me over the link then. I literally haven't slept in a week. The, there was a little bit of a question on how soft those shirts are. Oh, the softest. <laughs> okay. The soft. I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. I slept in this last night. Uh, you know, I, I took it off for a while. I put it back on for the podcast. I got a rep. I got a rep. You know, uh, but maybe someday we'll do those uh, retail. But for now, it's just a uh, made-to-order form. And so, uh, yeah, if, if you are listening to this show and you, uh, you know, happen to be listening within the next three hours, I can make it happen for you. Just slide into the, the DMs there. I'm on Twitter. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Foo. F-O-U. You're on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Uh, I mostly talk about uh, the Mandalorian. Russell Westbrook. And uh, hate on Russell Westbrook. That's about it. Sometimes uh, I talk Sometimes about – the DePaul logo sneaks in there. Yeah, yeah. And then I talk about uh, just on Sundays how the Bears make me want to go into a cave and die. But that's only my Sunday Twitter. The other Maybe Sunday. some good – yeah, the Sunday Twitter's a uh, few puns. Mostly bad puns. But yeah, bad I'm puns not even about an, the Bears. I'm not even an NFL fan because they're still there. Oh my! I can't God. watch it. I uh, so I'm not gonna watch anymore this year. Um, uh, I say that I say that every year. Put your foot down. I'm watching them go. I'm watching them as they find a way to go five and seven. Next year we'll talk, or next week rather, we'll talk about the forward pass and why the Bears still haven't gotten the memo 112 years later. Uh, until then, hey, Sid Luckman was my neighbor growing up. Let's go. Oh, wow. Shameless plug. Sid Luckman, number 42. Best Bears quarterback in Happy Hanukkah to you all. Thank you for listening to Hoops Drops. We'll see you next time.